My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. And here we are with another episode of All American Wing Shooting Podcast. And today is one of my dear friends, Jeff Barnes with Georgia Ducks Unlimited. You're no longer the chair, but you're a past chair and you're a special friend of mine from Georgia DU, which I always give credit to Georgia Thank or you. at least the Gainesville chapter, Ducks Unlimited, for starting my shotgun career. So. We have so much to talk about. I, I know. I know this is great. Okay, well, I'm glad you're on here. And it's kind of hard to pick up from our beginning because you have been one of those friends that no matter if I'm on the road or whatever, like we catch up, we motivate each other through the journey of shotgun life and the people that have come into our life because of it and how we have built our own personal dreams and goals, um, even direction for a career. Uh, because of this love that we have for gun dogs and gun dog people. Absolutely. Well, when did you start shooting? Because I feel like I'm, even though you're such a big time turkey slayer, <laughs> DU's what brought us together, you know? It, it is. And and I have a really unique story in that I grew up in Middle Tennessee and in Middle Tennessee deer hunting was the thing. And I learned quickly that deer hunting wasn't for me. Um, but what that meant for me was that hunting wasn't for me. Well, I, that wasn't right. Yeah. You and, and I had that in common. Right. And so <laughs> I, I thought I didn't like hunting. I just didn't care for deer hunting. That wasn't my thing. And so I deer hunted till I was about 15 years old and then I put it aside and I came back. Um, actually a friend invited me to his gun club to go shoot at a skeet range and I shot shotguns for the first time and loved it. And just realized, oh, this was uh, recent. I mean, in the recent past, I would say I was uh, 35. Yeah. So, I mean, I went from uh, 20 years without really being involved with guns or anything from 15 to 35. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't that I was against it. I just, it wasn't, rifles just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And when I got that shotgun back in my hand or in my hands and started shooting clay targets, that was great. And, and what happened from there was I went several times to shoot clay targets and then thought, well, let's give this a try with some, some real birds, you know? And then that kind of just progressed into, um, trying quail hunting, trying duck hunting. And, uh, after I got invited on my first duck hunt, um, I went to a ducks unlimited event because I didn't know what they were going to talk about. And, and I, <laughs> I didn't know the, I didn't know the words or the terms, you know, that duck hunters use. So I said, well, I'm just going to go to a DU event, found one on the internet and like right here in East Cobb and just went before I'd ever been hunting just to kind of familiarize myself with what duck hunting even was. Uh, and so I went, had a great time and then just slowly decided I don't want to just take from this. I want to give back. And that's where I got involved with Ducks Unlimited as an organization was not just because I wanted to be a duck hunter. It was because I was a duck hunter and I felt a responsibility to give back to the resource and not just take from it. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So 
I love that you talked about how you just randomly went to a D banquet because that's kind of what happened to me. I didn't know anything about DU chapters or anything like that. And I got invited to come not realizing women don't go to those things or at that time they weren't there. <laughs> and so I ended up having two of my girlfriends at the Gainesville banquet and it, it was like 400 dudes there. I'm like, yeah. what in the world? So, um, I don't, I mean, I, I absolutely know without that chapter, I would not be where I am today. And it's amazing. I tell people all the time, if you don't know how to get plugged in and you don't know how to go hunting, whether it's, you know, pheasant hunting or quail hunting or duck hunting just go to one of those banquets because whoever you sit with at that table can't wait to tell you about their dog and their that hunting is so experience. True. So yeah. true. And and that's and that's really it is I I tell people too, I've had an incredible journey with DU. Uh, I really have. And I can't say to to a new person, this is what's gonna happen if you join Ducks Unlimited. All I can say is this is what happened to me once mm -hmm. I got involved with Ducks Unlimited. Mm -hmm. And it's where I met all my friends that I hunt with, it, but it's also the friends that I go to Braves games with. It's people that I, you know, we go, go to out, concerts go with, go to concerts with <laughs> people that I hang out with because we have that common bond and yeah. we have that commonality there. And, and that's even where you and I met was at a DU banquet yep. um, for the university of North Georgia for a, all those years ago at their They're first North, launch at their first ever event in Dahlonega. Yeah. That's right. And and we met because of of Matt being at Gainesville, Matt Dubnik mm -hmm. being at Gainesville. And I so know. we knew each other there. Matt has been such an important connector person oh, yeah. for me, um, even though I never see he or Katie anymore. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just never not get a huge smile on my face when I think about our special North Georgia DU people. And I know that they're all over the state. They're great. But I made a point to make sure I was at the university, like the North Georgia um, DU banquet this year. Mm -hmm. You hosted that one. And like, I just wouldn't miss those things because of what it meant to me with my career, with my girls. Like, we were all there together. And, you know, it was the first time Hallie Joe got involved with the live auction with Louie. Yeah, and she's great. You know, we just we just love those people and, and I got to see Sarah at the race in Nashville and so I don't know it was, it was just been a super special thing for me and like you say you can't tell everybody that it's going to be the same for them but our people are so special that they that you want to commit to helping or you want to commit to staying in touch and building your like outdoor experiences together that's right that's right and and that's where you know unfortunately I think some people come into it selfishly saying, Hey, am I going to get a duck trip out of this? Or am I going to get a, a place to hunt out of this? And the answer is no, but you might, you know, it's not, that's not, a, that's a, it's a byproduct. That's a, you get to meet people and you get to know people and you want to share those experiences with each mm -hmm. other. So it's not like, well, you walk the door and we hand you an address and say, Hey, here's your next <laughs> duck hole, but it's, here's your table. You sit down with seven other like-minded individuals who want to experience the same things that you want to experience. And mm -hmm. you'd be amazed at the, at the number of trips that you get planned like that, or, or heck even the trips that are on auction that night. You can right. say, hey, let's get one. Let's go somewhere. Well, lodge recommendations is the biggest oh. thing. It's like, 
And no matter what you're hunting, the large right. recommendations that you get from building those friendships are huge because you know you're going to get taken care of. And you want to go where people have the good dogs. They got to have <laughs> birds and ducks and good dogs. And I do that. I look at the, you know, I'll go through, and this was very early on in my career when I didn't know what I was doing or where to go. I would go to these auctions and I would look down through the list and see who had provided hunts to be on the auction and say, well, I've never heard of this place. And so I could start researching it because I literally, I, there's not like a big database that says, hey, here's all the great, great. Right. I mean, there's, you can find lists, but you don't find lists that say, hey, this one's a good one. This one's a bad one. They're all great according to their marketing. Yeah. Um, but but if you get something that's backed by an organization or somebody at your table that can offer uh, a recommendation, that's that's just so much bigger. Okay, so you're a big-time tur turkey hunter. I do love and it. And then you got into duck hunting, and then, and then you committed to a life of sharing about conservation, which is – really what you do every single day i'm sure there's not a day that goes by that you don't have a text message or a phone call about the outdoors oh I, absolutely and my wife jokes with me all the time about it because she's just like she, she'll ask me how's your day today and i'll tell her something and i go start and she goes wait a minute is this a duck thing or is this a work thing i was like oh ducks ducks i you know yeah, it was like you do totally. have a pretty important job which <laughs> But um, everybody is going to identify you being, you know, the state leader or the chapter host or whatever for a banquet because you have made so many friends through that. Like that's kind of become your identity oh, as yeah. an adult. And I love that story because um, your kids have now gotten involved and oh, yeah. now your wife's going to lodges. And so what has it really meant to you like personally through this journey like how do you think this has changed the mentality of how you just plan life as a dad as a husband like it's what everything changed? it's everything the last so i didn't really get involved with ducks unlimited until 2010 and so i'm a relative newcomer to this um i'm not one of these guys who's been going forever um i've been in it what now 12 years going on 13 years and it, it is it's defined who I am. Uh, it's who I am. It's what I do. It's what we do for how I want to spend my vacation days. It's how I want to spend my nights during the during the week going to banquets or talking with people or um, getting to do podcasts like this or shows or, or, or what have you. Um, it, it pretty much completely dominates what I do. And I like that. I, I say that in a positive sense because I look at the influences having on my children. I have a 14 year old and a 10 year old. And I was joking with somebody, maybe you the other day. I was like, my 14 year old is like a dog. Like, you know, when you get, you go to the door, yeah, you, told me. <laughs> you open the car door, the dog comes and runs and gets in. He's like that. If I grab a shotgun, he goes and grabs his, he's like, let's get, where are we going? You know, he's, he's ready to go shoot. And, and that's been awesome to be able to experience this with him, to, to have somebody to travel with. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not driving by myself to have somebody who's just as excited to go to that next duck hunt or that quail hunt or turkey hunt. Um, that is super special for me to get to spend that with my son. And I, I in turn get to spend time with my dad, with my dad doing this. And so when the three of us are together, it is just an unbelievable experience for me as being there as a son and being there as a father with my dad and my son 
there's just no words for that. Uh, it's it's unbelievable experience to get to see the the things that my dad taught me that I can see in my son that have passed down through three generations in terms of safety. I mean, gun mm-hmm. safety is paramount right. in terms of conservation, in terms of my favorite thing about Davis, that's my 14 year old. It was the very first mallard he ever shot by himself, the landowner. He said, uh, Hey, so you're going to get that mounted? And Davis said, Well, can we just eat it? And I was <laughs> like, He goes, These taste really good. Can, can I just eat it? Do I have to get it mounted? And that really spoke to me that he's not out there. For, he's not a trophy hunter. Right. He's not a, he didn't want it on the wall. He wanted it in his belly. And that, that was huge. Well, I have really enjoyed watching your kids come into their own in the outdoor world because we shot together. Yes. I, I don't know. Was that Davis's first it was. lesson? It was his very first time shooting a shotgun. It was with you. Oh, wow. And he gets so proud because I got to brag on him, man. The kid has really gotten, he's gotten pretty good. We shoot a lot and, and he's been able to compete in a Halise tournament here just this last month. That's and huge. It's huge. I mean, this is the third time he's ever shot Halise in his life. And he shot a 15 out of 30 uh, on his very first tournament. And he's all down like, oh, I missed half of them. I'm like, you hit half of them. You, <laughs> you're 14 years old. You're shooting against Olympic co- competition guys out there. Which he's not there. shooting under a coach anymore. Like, no. I got him started, and then y'all just ran with it. And so when we go shoot, he always – when we go – and we knock down some ducks, he wants to call you, you know, and Aww. we send you texts and we send yes, you pictures I love and he's, those pictures. and he's just so excited to share that with you that, because that's, you're somebody who got him started. Well, I mean, I can say the same for what you've given my kids. You know, I, I didn't come into DU as a duck hunter or even wanting to be a duck hunter. I was a quail hunter and the quail queen and I was fine with that. You know, I was remember we would sit at those meetings and I'd be like, why do y'all have laps? Like, why does, why don't you want like a dog that could do everything? It's so funny. And now what dog do I have with me all the time? My lab. But, um, and and the funny thing is, I had to come a long way. (laughs) And the funny thing is now I quail hunted more last year than I did duck hunt. So we, we've kind of swapped a little bit. I know. And it's been, so fun because the mentorship of the people not even really taking me under their wing but just the fact that they allowed me to be there and that I as the only female on that committee I felt so welcome I never mm-hmm. duck hunted I never spent time with those guys outside of raising money and planning things and they just wanted me to bring more women into yeah. that you know more active females because they're all young guys with wives and young kids and so just the transformation of that chapter uh has meant so much to me even though i don't get to spend time with them but i had a daughter that wanted to be a duck hunter she didn't want to be like her mom a quail hunter and i'm like well you're sol you know i don't even <laughs> know anybody and so that chapter just brought so many great mentors to her and for her to find her place in outdoor policy and spend this summer in dc mm-hmm. it's all because of you Matt, you know, the guys through DU and SCI and the organizations that I've been involved with that have said, hey, like, there's a place for you and we need young people. And they never judged her for not having the experience or whatever, you know. And so 
it is really cool for us to have our kids at the age where they can be seriously involved. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it's a big misconception what you just talked about is that it's hard to go into to any organization or any group of people that's already established to go in there cold and be the newcomer. And yeah. I think there's a big, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a big misconception that, that people aren't welcome, you know, because there's already an established committee or an already established group. That is so not true. Every single meeting that I have as a state leader is people begging for what's called new blood. We need new people. We want mm -hmm. more people. So if anything, I would like to encourage anybody listening to this. If you've ever wanted to be involved, just go. They, they will welcome you with open arms because there's not a, a, a closed door that says we, we're full. We've got plenty. Let me right. tell you, as a, as a and state chairman. And you don't chairman, have to do it as a cold person either. Now no. that you've listened to us or now you know how to get in touch with us, if you want to get involved and you don't know anybody, message us and yes. we will connect you to somebody in the area because we're yes. going to know somebody that knows somebody. Absolutely. So that, and that's what our job is. Um, the, I don't know how we got in these positions. But <laughs> we just want to connect you with a person that can help you get connected. That's exactly right. I totally agree. And, yeah. and what you're just talking about, the kids and getting them involved. I mean, that is so just great to see. I mean, Davis is already talking about DU when he's an adult. And he's already talking about what he does when he's duck hunting as an adult kid's 14 years old mm -hmm. and to think of that he's establishing in that now mm -hmm. as to a priority for him that's just i can't i can't ask for more well the difference is this when because your kids do they they play ball or is it um, just, they did Davis okay. play, yeah he played baseball but he's uh he's traded baseball season for a uh, turkey season i think for the okay that's the awesome being. but the difference is and the reason why it's so important that these kids have these experiences is because if they just play sports and are expected to get the leadership through the sports, not every kid's going to make it to the big leagues. You know right. what I mean? That's just reality. And, right. and so eventually if you're not one of those special people, that's going to fade out. Oh yeah. But the things that we're giving our kids, they're the mon like they're the minority for sure, because you go to duck camp or even a quail lodge or whatever there's rarely any kids there like so many times Hallie Joe's the only one mm -hmm. and all they see is these adults doing this but I get mm -hmm. to do it as a kid so that and that's what I've told everybody that's so cool about um the quail life or the pheasant life where it's accepted to hunt preserve hunting is that mm -hmm. you can start you don't need to know anything you don't mm -hmm. need to have any gear. You just right. show up. You rent everything. You you hire a guide. Everything's done for you. And if you want to stay at that level because of where you live, you don't have, like you and your poor kids that can't have a bird dog because you won't move out of the city. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you don't live in a place that's going to allow you to, you know, have a better commitment or like a bigger commitment to that lifestyle there's always somewhere for you to go and it's right. accepted and it's encouraged that's right so i just think that is the coolest thing about wing shooting is that you can go to a lodge and not need anything and if you want to get more serious and take it on your own and do public land and all that stuff you can and then when you get too old and you don't want to take care of dogs anymore and you don't want to drive halfway across the country you fly into some great lodge and keep those memories going it's mm -hmm. just the most, I just think it's the most special well, lifestyle it's also, ever. One, one fringe benefit of that that's not always realized is when people come to me and tell me after I've been at a lodge, 
about how mature my son acted or how well he acted. When you put your children in that duck camp or in that quail camp with primarily adults, Mm -hmm. they step up. They step up to the challenge and they step up and they realize what's accepted and what's not accepted. And it is a huge character builder for an impressionable child to, to hand, to spend that much time with their parent, but also with other adults and interacting and realizing, Hey, this is how I need to act. This is what's going on here. And this is, this is really, you know, setting foundation for being polite for you, you know, for looking people in the eye, for letting them know that when I say something, I mean it, when I shake your hand, we're friends, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing is think is totally invaluable. Um, for right. my kids. I know. And so, I'm, I mean, it's not that I'm against sports. I, I was a big-time athlete growing up, but I never foresaw this would be the way that my life would go, right? And so, <laughs> me either. you know, Tater's just on the road and in the middle of it. And so, thank God for shooting sports and the individual aspect of that so they can still be involved with kid things. But I'm I'm with you. I've always had the uh, the saying, like, have a humble, grateful heart about everything and then you make the best decision in life that you can make with the knowledge that you have in the moment and um and it's just impressed more and more and more when I was traveling all by myself with a trailer full of dogs and kids yeah you know and to watch them like you say make friends and so people say all the time how are you like are you lonely because you're not in school and all stuff she's like I got friends everywhere (laughs) you know and she doesn't know any different but um I'm with you. Like there really is something special. And then just about D banquets in general, because of, of Gainesville's being in October or whatever, we would always go, we would do our Christmas shopping there. It's like people were getting um, memberships to, to conservation organizations <laughs> and, and silent auction items, you know, for oh, yeah. Christmas. And it was so much fun. It was that's, so much last fun. Last year, that's what I got uh, my wife for Christmas with a DU luggage set. She loves it. It's like her favorite thing. I brought it home <laughs> one time. She goes, I really like that. I want one of those. It's like, I know a guy. Don't worry about it. Uh, that's we'll, uh, right. we'll, we'll get yeah. one at the next auction. <laughs> well, and and that has been something too, because you know, like I ended up fighting with Holly Crumley over silverware because JC's <laughs> friends at a at a um, Super Bowl party threw all my forks away, and all of a sudden we had like two forks in our house. And I'm like, well, I'm just gonna win the DU stuff, you know. And so then I was like, well, we really need more than just one set. So I had Hunter searching for it, and his wife every banquet they were in South Georgia to try to get the best deal. It it just creates some fun. It does. It just creates another aspect of fun. And, you know, I do PF and QF too. So, and, and, I mean, and let it. me talk about that is that I don't, I mean, I just finished a two year term as a state chairman for Georgia Ducks Unlimited. And it's very near and dear to my heart. But I don't want it to ever, but I'm also a member of Turkeys for Tomorrow. I'm a member of NWTF, I'm a member of SCI. I mean, I don't see this as a competition. Or, you know, these as competitors when we're all working towards conservation and when we're all working towards the same goal. Because everybody has their own specialty. Exactly. Right? So we need everybody. And it is fun to banquet hop because we oh, all I do d- it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love all, it. I, yeah. I love going to different ones, you know, and, and DU is my primary and that's where I, you know, identify with. But, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for, for anybody who's wanting to make the time and effort to better our environment. Well, it is definitely the best place to make friends. Mm-hmm. I 
I mean, I just, I cherish the friendships that I've made through these hunting organizations that I never would have made otherwise if I had not just shown up. Like when I came to my first DE banquet in Gainesville, I was a pistol shooter teaching women pistol basics. And I'm trying to think like if I did own a shotgun, but it was like a family heirloom kind of situation mm-hmm. where somebody had passed it down to me. And so um, it, it just totally changed my life. Yeah. And, and you can say the exact same thing, but we have different stories. And, and right. I absolutely love how, you know, your wife never came to banquets or she was like, see you when you get home. And now she's in Mississippi all the time. Can't wait to get back to the lodge. And your right. kids are involved, you know? And then, yep. and E loves the dog life. And Oh, so my youngest, you know, he's, he's not real big. He, he shot, uh, with me. Uh, we were up at Garland mountain not long ago shooting and, uh, I, he has never asked to shoot with us and I'm not going to push it. If he wants to do it, I'll be glad to take him, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in a position where I'm going to make my kids do that. And Evan finally, for the first time said, I'd like to go. And, uh, so well, then we'll take you. And he took one shot and his eyes are about this big. <laughs> and he was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm out. He but, needs a fishing pole. But he does like to fish, and he does, like you said, he loves the dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. he talks about coming over to your house and playing with your dogs all the time, and that's just something that he loves. And and I think that's that's great, you know, for him. For him, to, that's how he finds that he's going to get enjoyment out of this, to sit and pet the dogs all day. Great. Well, I'm with him because the dog part has been my favorite. And... I mean, we just, we really can't say enough about how, um, like, you have even expanded your, I guess, involvement in the outdoor world in so many different aspects now. Like, now that you're not chair, you're connecting other aspects, and you never even looked into anything like that. But you just never know how that trail of working through the outdoors and the lifestyle being committed. It's literally an addiction, right? I mean, right. Well, it's and it's, and it's an one begats the next, which begats the next. It's once you get involved with it, it's so crazy. And I know you know this, and especially through the foul life and the 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 life there that's going on is you you know the hunting people. Well, the hunting people are made up of people who race cars or mm-hmm. play guitar or you know in a band or do the you know it brings so many different worlds together. Right. at that duck camp that that's what's brought so many different worlds to me and and that i've been able to participate in and and meet new people and do things and and television or hunting or concerts or race cars or whatever yeah it just everybody knows somebody and they're all really willing and sharing as long as you're you know you want to be a somebody fun to be with <laughs> and you know not be a problem it's great to to include people along with you or to get included along with somebody else and that's that's been so eye-opening and so schedule opening for me to to have so many different opportunities to participate in well i remember i was traveling with purdy and we were over at selwood in alabama mm-hmm. and jc was with me and i said listen kid Business used to happen on the golf course, okay? It happens at the lodges now. Like, the, the cool people are the shotgun people. And she was still on the fence because here we are quail hunting again. But Delta Waterfowl had put together a hunt for her because um, 
I had attended an event with Ren and Ivy. And so Kim is like the sweetest, kindest, most supportive person in the entire world. Her and BC, like they're about as good people as you could ever get. So the next thing I know, we're at uh, Caliber with like just like a sale event and their store. I remember that. Right. And so the next thing I know, Delta Waterfowl is like, we got people that want to go duck hunting. Well, we're going to put a duck hunt together. I'm like, holy smokes, this kid is so spoiled. So I got her a Ren and Ivy bag and, and she wasn't there. So she didn't know all this was happening. So I made her go quail hunting with me at Selwood. And, um, and so she ended up, she really was preparing to go to college at that time and had her heart set on going to Auburn. And I said, you're crazy if you think I'm going to pay out of state tuition for you to cross that state line 10 minutes you know it was like that ain't gonna happen so she worked that whole lodge she had like five different men like you know that would been an adopted grandpa to her saying we'll just adopt you just move to alabama you know know. do your senior year in alabama and i'm like i told you it happens here and so those people mentored her she's still doing um majoring in ag econ she didn't go to alabama she stayed in georgia but it was a life lesson for her because we went straight from that lodge. We did the Delta Waterfowl um, Duck Hunt in Southern Alabama on that same tour of a trip. And, um, like, she just got her feet wet, and it was people that I had nothing to do with. You know, they were strangers to me, too, but they saw a kid that was hungry to to mm-hmm. do more, be more, and then create a career in that field because – the people are so awesome and they yeah. were, they reached out to her and they helped her and they encouraged her. And so if you're looking for a place like to do something with your kids, we, we can sit here for hours and tell oh, you no. story after story after story all over the country and different organizations. They all have the same heart. Um, once you get into it of just helping you. So if you got a problematic teenager, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> The best thing is, is ground them and make them start going to banquets. And you'll see a quick attitude change because they'll, they'll find themselves in a whole new world and be like recreated. And, and there's no confidence like shooting sports that gives oh, a kid. It's, it's great. And, and you, you brought up Davis's baseball team earlier. There's so many times when we go that we'll take buddies from his buddies from the baseball team. And they, they don't have the opportunity. We're here in East Cobb and Marietta, Georgia, and it's not a huge hunting community what, no. whatsoever <laughs> at all. And it's so like when a country I country club community, right. I mean, really, and so yeah. we'll have wild game dinners at our house for his buddies that are food that Davis shot. So how cool yeah. is that when you're 14 years old and you got your baseball friends over and you're going, Oh, here's some quail, by the way, I shot this. By the way, this turkey, I shot this one in April. By the way, you know, and so they get it and they love it. They eat it up, literally eat it up. And then they want to go shoot with us. And we take them up and we go shoot sporting clays with them or go pattern a shotgun. And it's just, it's great to see these kids get a new experience. Not just my kids, but their friends get to experience this too. Well, I think Davis, as a 14 year old boy has done absolutely everything he could ever do for a confidence builder with his boy scouts and everything. I mean, he's a, he's a winner and, and everything, you know? And so for him to have committed to the outdoors and it and him get it, I think is so special. And his friends will never forget those times at your house and they may like get lost, but they may always come back to the outdoors if the opportunity presents himself because they remember what their heart felt like. 
Oh, yeah. You know, it's like we talk about the heart of the American hunter. It's unlike anywhere else. I've had Stephen Murray on. Um, actually, he had a two-part series because I don't think anybody tells better stories than Stephen Murray. And he's uh, he's from the U.K. He worked for Purdy for a gazillion years. He was uh, part of the team that designed their number one shotgun, um, selling shotgun, the Sporter. And... He actually grew up in the house. I listened to that. The NRA originated. That was an amazing story he had. I know, and so he actually was here in the states for Tater's, I think, fifth birthday. We shot at Barnsley Gardens. She had her BB gun out there. We shot around. We had lunch at the clubhouse. Demas, my coach, was there, which I know you've shot with him too. I've shot with him. He was with us. It's like, it's like I don't, I don't even know how to tell you. Our favorite stories about life are just about with our shotgun people. Like, <laughs> well, you know, and and I got into this, bef- you know, Davis was born in 2008, so he was two years old when I went to my first DU banquet. So I, di- I went for myself. You know, I got involved and got mm-hmm. started for myself. And then there was a shift when it was about – he was about eight years old. You know, it's, I started taking him on his first – I took him on his first duck hunt. And now that's the priority. It, for me is to get yeah. him opportunities and to get him experiences. And, and uh, that's why when we shot that Halise tournament, I went over there, I wasn't planning to shoot. I was planning it to just, I wanted him to know it was an event, a weekend that I was dedicating to him and making sure he had a good time and that he got experience. And we went over there and fished and shot Halise and just had a ball. Well, the cool thing about what Steven talks about is even though, when you're talking about shotgun sports and bird hunting, everything you automatically think of a British lifestyle or of an influence of some kind, but people here in America that don't have those influences, you know, cause it's really special that he's such a close friend of mine, you know, not everybody gets, I guess, friends or mentors from other countries mm. and that we have such a special gift here in the States to be able to have the freedom, you know, right. I mean, they they're under the gun with how they store their guns and oh, yeah. the seasons and and the prices of everything it's not available to everybody right. like it is here and right. so i just absolutely love celebrating the fact not only that this has changed our life and we have a very similar story with that but that our kids get to benefit from it so much i mm-hmm. cannot i mean there's nobody in the world that's not going to benefit from spending a day in our shoes i love it it's a great one <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what else to say to that. I mean, it's just uh it's 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 great. I love I love everything about getting to spend the time in field with them. And you know, you talk about Mississippi, so I've been spending a lot of time at Prairie Wildlife and Mr. Jimmy is just somebody that's very special over there and that he has spent so much time investing in Davis mm-hmm. and just sitting and talking with him and Xavier Fairley who is the shooting instructor over there and and to know how much Davis respects those men and how much they have influence on him and, and they carry it so well. They're such an established person that they, they, he, he just wants to be like them. They're just, yeah. yeah. He wants to give them his best. Exactly. And it is, and I can't think of two better people for him to want to model and to be like Benny and Benny Eckerson. Oh my goodness. He has created such a cool culture there. Yes. And and he's just a big kid himself. And he's great. You know? 
and he I mean, loves those dogs. He took he took one of mine, and so it's just when you find those places that are like that. Um, oh, I was I was actually podcasting with Frank Brown with Otter Creek in Alabama, Northern Alabama. Same thing. Like they're not as um, progressed as Prairie Wildlife because they just haven't been established as as mm-hmm. long. But it's still just another super special place. When you go there, you feel like family. feels like a family reunion every time you come. You can't wait to get back. You stay in touch with these people. You check in on them. You celebrate with them. Like Yes. No matter if it's turkey season or whatever, they want to know what's going on with Davis. You know, oh, yeah. And it's genuine. And so... And it's I good, just, too, because I, went to, I graduated from Ole Miss. And to get back and spend so much time in the state of Mississippi has been something I never realized I missed as much as I missed. Mm-hmm. And as much time as I've been able to go over there since December, it's just reminded me how much I love being there and how what all those special times I spent for those four and a half years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just spending time in Oxford and and getting to go back over to, to be in Mississippi. Now, unfortunately, I'm I'm joking here, but, you know, we're so much closer to Mississippi State there in, uh, in West Point. But it's still the state of Mississippi. It's still the heart, and it's still great because that was a part of my life that my family really didn't know because, you know, obviously uh, it was way before Davis's time or Evan's time. And for them to get to hear me talk about Mississippi and, and what it's like and the culture, and, man, what a difference, what a total different world it is for them versus as you called it my country club neighborhood that i live in yeah. you know so it that's that's been really neat i give i give jeff heck all the time because we won't get those kids a dog so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it on every chance i get you know we could spend so much time talking about dog training and shooting techniques and all those things but I just feel like right now where we are with our country and stuff, it's just so important to talk about the heart of why we do what we do. Because you give up all your free time for conservation, for encouraging other people, for mentoring other people, for building other leaders. And I am now on the road so much that I don't get to see, you know, my clients that I had that were coming every week or every two weeks or, you know, and I don't have the client dogs with me now like I did. And so it's like, what keeps us going? What is it? You know, it's like, it's the addiction of the past experiences that we've had, but it's also the anticipation of knowing it just gets better. It does. And and I do a lot of work with the Boy Scouts. Uh, I'm a scout master and it's getting to getting to see those kids when they're 11, when they start Boy Scouts, and then when they're right up till 18, when they can, when they age out at being uh, an Eagle or just 18. And this is as long as I get, when you take a kid that's, you know, four foot, nothing. And then by the time they graduate, they get finished, they're as tall as you are. And to see how they couldn't tie their shoes uh, when they first arrived till now they're going on treks for two weeks at a time and, and seeing that progression and that maturity, that's what drives me. And that's what, that's what drives you is, is, is that's why I want to stay and see and, and getting these, these, these boys ready for, to be a man really um, to, to go out and, and to be part of the organization. And then same thing with, with hunting. That was, that was really my first start in the leadership level at DU was uh, was on the youth and education side. It was, um, I was asked to, to join the state committee to be the youth and education state chairman. 
um, because I spent so much time with, with my kids outside and fishing and shooting. And um, so I led the youth in education for DU for state of Georgia was my first role. Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of been my wheelhouse, if you will, or like you talked about what you're known for. Cause then I was able to join a national committee, um, the national advisory committee for, for Ducks Unlimited for their youth and education and got to meet several people and participate in their um, uh, third term, which is coming up here in August, their, uh, their national leadership summit for their collegiate leaders. Right, so JC's actually leaving DC early so she can make it to that because Perfect. you guys have just talked so much about it and you know she's transferred schools and everybody in georgia which you're one of them and scott's another one which we haven't even mentioned scott but god what a big influence he's been for all oh, of us absolutely. too and and so they're like if you're going to uga you better get that chapter back on fire you know because right. at one time that place was popping we and, i mean they would have like 500 people at their banquet i've been there and and so she's like, okay, well, I'm going to third quarter because I want to make the friends that I'm going to spend the time with at UGA before I get there. And I was mm -hmm. like, that is huge yeah. for a kid to be like, okay, I love DC and she has amazing friends there and she's loved working with CSF and, um, She's finally just gotten into her groove and now, she, you know, she's like, well, I'm going to leave a week early so I can go to Memphis. Well, and see, and that's something that DU has done a really, really good job of is realizing and getting people involved at an early age and realizing, hey, these are these are leaders. When they come out of college, they've put on four banquets. They've run a quote unquote a business or a charity, if you will. Mm -hmm. They're ready to run chapters when they get out. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's something that we're really slowly but surely moving towards is getting more and more recent college graduates involved into our long-term established local chapters, which is just making us even stronger because we well, have that, such dedicated events. Yes. You're right. And you excelled on that with North Georgia. Well, that's why that chapter is what it is now. And that's like, I mean, I went there and I told you there's my second cousin in her whole entire family. <laughs> I didn't even know they were coming, you know, but it's because you did that and you recognized Hunter's potential and you mentored him and you stay with him. And now like all these kids from Claremont are on that committee and that was right. a special one. I mean, that was one that we, um, that, uh, Garrett, uh, McCarter lived next, next door to me. And when he was a freshman, we were talking and he's just like, Hey, we don't have a DU chapter there. It's like, well, let's make one. And that was it. And so we went and we started in Jay Weldon and Scott James and I, we, we started that chapter for Georgia Ducks Unlimited uh, at University of North Georgia. And so that one will always be special to me um, along with the other. I mean, we have great university system here uh, and great participation in the state of Georgia. And I think that's one of the things that makes us as a great state. Uh, I mean, I joke all the time, you know, Georgia Ducks and Lemon is very successful, but and we don't have a duck here. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I know. I like, how would you pick us out as a duck state? But it's because we have dedicated volunteers and we have passionate people that want to make a difference. And and as I tell people, it's like, you know what? If we spent every dollar that DU raises in Georgia, we still wouldn't get more ducks. Ducks. <laughs> That doesn't, that's not how biology works, you know? I said, but if we want to see ducks when we go to our clubs and along the Mississippi River, we've got to make a difference. We've got to do something. You can't just say, well, it's not going to benefit me in, here in Georgia and think that closed-mindedly. 
you will never get anywhere. You have to think as, as DU does think continentally. I mean, it's North America. It's not just even America. They work with DU Canada, DU Mexico, DU North America to, to realize these birds don't see boundary lines. These ducks, mm -hmm. they don't see, I'm in Canada. Oh, now I'm in the U S now I'm in Mexico. They think there's food, there's water. This is where I'm going. And we've got to think continentally. Okay. Well, I want you to brag on what Georgia did because I didn't I didn't get to spend a lot of time there and I wasn't as involved as I would have liked to have been this last year. But there's a lot of people in Georgia that did some really cool Absolutely. things. So why why don't you just brag about and give people motivation because it's like you can make a difference. Like you say, oh. there's no reason for us to be this successful in Georgia. <laughs> but, well, there there is, and it's because of the people. That's the, the only people. reason. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, yeah. I missed that state um that state meeting. I know JC was there. So update me on how that went. Well, so here's where we stand. And and since you asked, uh, I'll I'll tell you, but I want to just deal in, in facts and, and numbers here a little bit. So last year, so we do fiscal years. Last year was my first year that I'd be, uh, I guess, if you will, I'd have some data to judge. Uh, and we had some budgets set up and some forecasts. And and uh, uh, one of the DU executives gave me my number and I laughed. I was like, we're about to start a global pandemic here. There's no way we're going to raise that much money. You can forget that. It's just not going to happen. And we actually... Um, surpassed it by 16 and a half percent so which is crazy because you're a risk management person so people don't know what you do for a living so you actually understand <laughs> it, like every detail of fundraising and um and all the hurdles and i love this story because you made it happen we made it happen state of georgia stepped up we did some creative things we we didn't just shut our doors and and i gotta give credit to i gotta give credit to governor kemp for allowing our state to stay open because there's a lot of states that the governors shut them down. So a lot of states in our region um, that typically are heavy hitters for uh, fundraising and DU, they couldn't have any events whatsoever. But we fortunately were able to stay open and have some events. But in the situations where we weren't, like in local municipalities where we didn't have a we went with online auctions we went with a lot of a lot more nationwide uh, auctions we went a lot more raffles we went a lot more ways to be involved where you didn't actually have to be at an event and we found it to be i was scared to death we were never going to make a dollar and we actually exceeded all of our all of our wildest dreams and actually raised over two million dollars net in the first year which we'd never we'd only done it one other time in georgia and then so i was like well wow that's that's i mean we blew it away i was i was blown away with the success we had there and then i'm very happy to report that we just finished our fiscal year again and we did that again by another we beat that number by another four hundred thousand dollars so what i know so we're we're in our two-year term here with georgia um our last two years we've gotten really close to you know between four and a half and five million dollars net dollars raised for conservation for georgia ducks unlimited well that is so awesome and when we talk about the collegiate level because jc got really involved because of course everybody put her in the hot seat in tifton which is 
a little bitty tiny town in South Georgia with a little bitty tiny ag powerhouse ag school that we're just so fortunate she ended up going there um, and starting her, you know, college years at ABAC. And ABAC Mm -hmm. ended up with a collegiate chapter that rocked it. And it's like, they only have 4,000 kids in their entire school in the middle of farming community, right? Right. There's nothing there. The only thing those kids can do is ride dirt roads and shoot shotguns. Yeah. And and she got to go duck hunting down in the Gulf and cool things because she's down there every, it was hilarious. We went to move her out um, when this year ended because she's transferring to UGA now and and there were all these girls right up and down her hall. They're like, hey, did you get your shotgun? Don't forget <laughs> to go get your shotgun. Because they have like host families right. down there. And they all store their shotguns at their house since they can't have them on campus. And it cracked me up how many kids were like, don't go home without your shotgun. Right. And I was like, well, this is a cool place. And and, and let me touch on something, too, about state of Georgia is that I, I don't want that to say, hey, that, that wasn't me doing that. The, the point is that that first year we had 17 17 chapters that had their best event ever let that sink in this is a time when the world is uncertain the global pandemic is raging nobody knew if they were going to be able to work anymore ever leave their house whatever they're going to do and 17 local chapters did the best they've ever done in the history of their chapter and that's people just people that's everybody pitching in doing their part and that's what i think is important to stress here is that by no means no way am i saying hey i raised two and a half million dollars i didn't 17 chapters along with the other well we have roughly 80 chapters in georgia they all banded together and dug in their heels and said we're going to make a difference and we're not stopping and we're not slowing down and 17 of those even did better than they've ever done before yeah so everybody listening has such a impressionable position in their own world they don't even recognize absolutely and i'm a big believer in the power of one and if you're familiar with that it just you know it's it's hard to ask one person to give you a hundred dollars but a hundred people give you one dollar you know you still at the end of the day you got the got the same hundred and and i don't think people realize well it's just a dollar for me well, no, it's not. It's collectively with everybody else. It meets huge numbers. And, and and it's not just dollars, but it's people. It's hours. It's the power of one hour. If you can get 100 people to give you one hour, that's not much to ask of somebody. But when you get it, 100 people doing it, 1,000 people doing it, a million people doing it, just one hour or $1 – it, it just adds up incrementally. Just It's so such so impactful. And we're raising money for conservation, but we're really raising money to create memories. Oh, yes. You know, and, and Dubnik's always, you know, sending out emails. It's for the ducks. It's for the ducks. I'm like, yeah, it's for the duck people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he's got his boys out there, too, because I've, I've given his boys um, instruction, too. And so it's just it's just been a full circle thing for me. And I wanted you to come on here because I, I know that your story is very impactful and there's a lot of men i think that are walking in your shoes that you know have hit that point of having their successful career and want to spend more time with their kids and it's like if you got involved with a local chapter you would have so much on your calendar you can't do it all and that's mm-hmm. kind of what's happened with both of us is we literally just got involved with a local chapter that became nationally like where we became nationally involved um and then 
you meet all these friends and all of a sudden, like, you have more to do than you can accomplish with the, like, committing to the lifestyle that you want. Oh, I know. My, my calendar, I mean, I hold it up here and show you, but it's, for the fall, I mean, I can't even, I know yours has got to be crazy, but mine's, mine's pretty crazy. And I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm going to be gone here. How can I parlay this trip into that trip and to do this and, you know, and, and make all the places I need to make because it's just, um, it's filling up and, that, well, and that's ne- a good thing. I know. I'll never forget the, when I first got started and you get on that super high, you know, when you, oh, when yeah. you get introduced to it and then you, you just one door opens and one door opens and it's a super high and you never want to come off of it. And I remember thinking, I can't wait until the day that I just pull out on leave for opening day and I don't come home until it's over. And now I'm like, (laughs) better be careful what you wish for. (laughs) That's about the truth. That is so true. But it's literally all because of a fundraising event with good hearted people that just encouraged me to be my best and I know that's exactly happened to you and we didn't know anybody there I Mm. had um a cold call reach out to me because they literally wanted to invite more women and I know you can identify with this too as I tell people all the time my story's not special I just never said no like it can be you know anybody can have the same lifestyle that we have as long as you just don't say no and and I think that's the key for what we've been talking about today is people who are not wanting to take that first step, take it because you will be welcomed. There are people there who want you there that we don't, when we put together a, a banquet or whatever, we don't go, okay, well, we're only going to have 74 people there because these are the 74 people we know and like, that is not what we do. You know, it's like, let's fill as many people in there. Let's get people we've never talked to. Let's get people we, that we don't know at all. Let's, you know, we want those people to be there. And, and I just encourage people who've never been to a banquet to go to one, meet some people, people who have never gone and shot a shotgun, ask one of those people, at the banquet to take you. You know, mm-hmm. there people, I want to do this. I do it all the time. I meet people and they're like, well, you want to go shoot with us? I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. And, yeah. and we'll head up next Saturday. I'm free. Let's, let's, let's go. Well, Ducks Unlimited chapter is the one that found my shooting coach for me because I thought I could just, you know, figure out everything on the fly because I'd been instructing for forever. And I found out the hard way that sporting clays is a whole nother ball game. And that's how I found Demas and, it changed my life. Like, absolutely changed my life. But something fun about banquets is the same people go. Oh, you yeah. Know? And so you get you get new people that fill in, but you end up getting in bidding wars, and you end up having, like, an arch rival. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, Keith, that outbid me on that dang shotgun that I wanted when we were in Dahlonega, still rags me about it his mom is my mom's best friend oh, okay so when he came in there and he knew i wanted it, like it was on yeah. and um and we were in the same karate gym back home too in georgia so it's just it's just fun little things like that that you just don't forget you run into somebody at the gas station and they're ragging you about you know hey i still got that gun or whatever and you just don't even think about those lasting memories or the things that you put on your wall and you see it every single day and you're like I got that print from so-and-so. Like, you saved me all those prints that people oh, yeah. give back and stuff, you know. And they just, they really become part of your everyday life and, your, and the memories that you cherish so much. Yeah, I do. 
Well, thanks for coming on here. Thanks Man, for this is so exciting. I, I really appreciate you uh, making time for me and putting me on your list. And and uh, I've wanted to do this for a long time. It's it's great. And uh, thanks for thanks for making time for me. Well, I really appreciate the encouragement you give me all over the years. I joke about I'm finally um, following through with something because I wanted to do a podcast for so long. I bought the equipment. I had no idea how to use it. I know. It. We talked about Sold it. Two, it. <laughs> we talked about it for a year or two years ago. You know? At least. It could have been three. And, and yeah. And so I was like, oh, I don't even know how to get started. And I'm not even going to try because it's just not like I couldn't figure out the stuff. And then I was like, I really made it harder than it was. So thank you for giving me, you know, all the encouragement to, to keep going. Great. Well, I enjoyed it. And as always, uh, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you. Let me know if there's anybody listening who needs to talk to somebody about how to get involved with Ducks Unlimited, uh, whether you're in Georgia or not. Uh, as Anna said, I'm sure we know somebody somewhere yeah. where you are and we'll be happy to, to help get you involved. For sure, because that's what he does all day is connect people. And he's been a big time connector for me. So, Jeff, I appreciate you so Thank much. You, Thanks Anna. for coming on, spending time with me. And, and um, I hope you're having a good time fishing. All right. Thanks a lot. I'll talk <laughs> to you later. Bye. I guess that's something you don't understand. A ground of soap and a big machine. I feel us all on the same beliefs. Oh, a dollar and a credit card. But we got away. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me